Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, another blessed day with a step up to the microphone podcast. And we need to get the biblical truth today. So let's get into this. We live in a society that picks and chooses how it wants to define and interpret scripture without letting y'all interpret it by what he has said in these compilations of books called the Bible from front to back. We aren't allowing the author of the scriptures to speak through it by letting scripture define scripture. Instead, modern churchianity uses the first two-thirds of the Bible as fire starter, fancy bookends, or toilet paper by most quote-unquote believers. There are several things that we need to be defined scripturally as we go through this. This is not the Bible per A.W., So don't think I'm just telling you how to, I'm going to interpret the Bible, this is how it's interpreted. No, this is scripture defining scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, leaving no scriptural stone unturned. And omitting verse, and we're not going to admit verses because I don't want to admit they're true. Seeing how the world is turning out, we know the entire word is true. So let's dive in and destroy dispensationalism. With looked over and omitted verses and seek truth. So first we have to start by defining truth biblically. And I have my four to five verse loop that we're going to start with. But we're going from Genesis to Revelation to do this. This isn't the typical, oh, here's a few verses. No, I literally went through the entire Sefer because I'm using that it has more books in it than your 66 book canon books that were in the original Geneva Bibles the King James Bible books that we have two to three witnesses of man manuscripts on so if you don't like it you don't like it but this is the version I'm using now I will tell you I use for the five verse loop just because the language was better and easier to understand. I use the TS 2009 and the True Living version. So, John 14:6, Yeshua said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." That's pretty bold, pretty in your face, but true. Psalm 119:142. Your justice is righteousness forever. Your Torah is truth. If you're looking at the King James or the ESV or Christian Standard Bible, it will say law where Torah is. No, it's supposed to say Torah right there. Psalm 119.160 Truth is the essence of your word. And all your righteous rulings are eternal. So truth is the essence of your word. Let's think about it. Well, well, let's get to the next verse first. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Elohim. And the Word was Elohim. Well, that's pretty right there. It says the Word was with Elohim. The Word was Elohim. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and pitched his tent among us. And we saw his esteem esteem as of an only brought forth of a father complete in favor and truth hmm what makes you say hmm 
So now we know that Jesus, if that's what you want to call him, or I like to call him Yahusha, or Yahusha, is the truth. He is the Word. The truth is the Torah. Okay. So if the truth is the Torah, and that makes Yahusha, or Jesus, or if you want to call him Yeshua, the truth, then maybe we need to dig into the Torah. Maybe we should start in the Torah and work our way to Revelation. And yes, I will have books like Enoch and Jubilees, Baruch, Sirach. They will be in this study. Now, I'm going to try to keep these studies to 30 minutes apiece, so we might not get through the entire, the entire study tonight. In fact, I know we won't, because we're almost at the 5-minute mark now, and I have probably 25 to 30 minutes worth of scripture just laid out right here in this first episode, and this only gets through the Torah and Enoch and Jubilees, some of Joshua. I don't even think I get to Isaiah or the Psalms in this. So, let's, let's get into this a little bit more, so that we get our biblical understanding and truth. Now, we overlook all of this because we've been taught that the front of the book is done away with and dead. Well, then you're saying that Yahusha is done away with and dead. Well, he rose back up from the grave. Sorry, he's still here. He told us in Matthew 5 and in Luke 16 that it's easier that the Torah is forever. It's easier for the earth and heavens to pass away than it is for the Torah to go away. But we see here in those verses that he tabernacled among us in a flesh suit. He had to put one of these stinky meat suits on. So now that we have to find that he is the truth, we're going to use the entire word. And we are starting in Genesis 24, verse 27. This is when Abraham's servant was going to pick up Rebekah for Isaac. A little background on the passage here. I think his name was Beliazar. I'll have to check Yasher because it doesn't say in, in this chapter. So it's in a previous chapter or you, you also see it in the book of Yasher. And so here's the verse. And he said, Blessed be Yahuwah Elohai Adonai of Abraham, who has not left destitute my Adonai of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, Yahuwah led me to the house of my Adonai's brethren. So, let's look at this. Who has not left destitute my Adonai of his mercy and his truth. So, if I'm interpreting this correctly as it says that he that Eleazar was even in the way and if we're looking at history we know that the sect called the way was Torah observant and believed in Messiah so can we say that Eleazar and Abraham were Torah observant and believed in the coming Messiah I would say so and that meant they were walking in the truth. So let's get to the next verse. It is also from Genesis. We only got two verses in Genesis. So let's get to it. 
Genesis 32.10 I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies of all the truth which you have showed unto your servant. For with my staff I passed over this yard on, and now I am become two bands. This is when Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, was on his way to meet Esau. But he's saying he's not worthy of the truth. Well, let's think about it. If you're reading Proverbs and Psalms, it talks about how the truth brings about righteousness. And he says he's not worthy of this. That brings me back to, I'm a wretched sinner myself. I understand how he felt. But I digress. But yes, it's something that we're not worthy of. But we've been given it, so maybe we should try to walk it out. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus 18, 20 through 21. And this is when they, uh, Moses was talking to his father-in-law, Jethro, and Jethro told him, to make divisions of the men. So Exodus 18, 20 through 21. And you shall teach them the ordinances and Torah, and shall show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. So this is coming from Jethro. So he's telling them to teach them the Torah. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men, such as fear Elohim, men of truth. So if they're men of truth, that means they most likely are walking in the Torah. Hating covetousness and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. So men of truth. Well, the truth is the Torah. So they must be walking in the truth. Hmm. Let's go to Exodus 34. And this is when Moses is on the mount again, and he gets to see Yahuwah. And I'm going to throw this out there. It says... Yahusha told us point blank, no one's seen the Father except for him. So, he was seeing the pre-incarnate Jesus. Yahuwah Jr. Let's just call it that. Yahuwah Jr. who took on the name of Yeshua in his earthly flesh tabernacle form. And Yahuwah descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahuwah. Oh, that's something I just noticed. How could Yahuwah be proclaiming his own name unless he's proclaiming his father? So, we could be reading this, and Yahuwah Jr. descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah passed by before him and proclaimed Yahuwah, Yahuwah El, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. So he's abundant in truth. Well, maybe that's because the law he wrote is eternal. And it's to bring us life. Deuteronomy 32 talks about that. 
talking about Deuteronomy 32, Deuteronomy 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, an L of truth. And without iniquity, just and right is he. So, if you're kind of weirding out on this L and Elohim, Elohah, Elohim is plural, Elohah is single, El is just God. So, if you were just reading this, he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are, ju are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. That's how it would re read in your English Bible without the Hebrew translation. The Hebrew transliteration of the, the words. Just heads up. But it says that he is a God of truth. So he's the God of the Torah. He gave the Torah. He gave truth. So, hmm. And here's something else. He is the rock. Well, remember the parable in Matthew 7. After he's told them that there will be many that come to him, say, Master, Master, haven't we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? And he'll say, Leave me, you workers of iniquity. Then he goes into that parable. Well, he is the rock. He is who we're supposed to stand on. So Yahusha is the rock, and he's the truth. He is light. He is the way. I mean, he keeps defining who he is. He is the cornerstone so let's get into jubilees jubilees is a fascinating book if you have a chance to get a copy of it or you can put the money down on a sefer do it i love reading jubilees there's so much wisdom in it so jubilees 118 give me a second i passed it up and I shall build my sanctuary in their midst. And I shall dwell with them, and I shall be their God. And they will be my people in truth and righteousness. Now, I did not get this one out of the Sefer. I wish I would have. I can pull it up on my phone real quick and read it out of there, because I would rather read it out of there just for continuity's sake. I mean, it's pretty much going to read the same thing. But for continuity's sake, let's just read it out of the Sefer. I've got it pulled up in the actual Sefer itself. And I will build my sanctuary in their midst, and I will tabernacle with them, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people in truth and righteousness. Did that just basically quote John 1.14? Hmm. Pretty much. But I digress there. But it said that we be in truth and righteousness. We'll be walking the Torah out in the last days. That was talking about end times, people. End times. I could go to Isaiah 2 and Malachi 4 and point out that he's going to be teaching the Torah. Just buckle up, buttercup. But I digress. I digress. Let's go on to the next verse from Jubilees. Jubilees 22. Verses 13 through 15. This, again, out of the Sefer. May El Elyon give you all the blessings wherewith he has blessed me and wherewith he has blessed Noach and Adam. 
May the rest of the sacred head of your seed from generation to generation forever. And may he cleanse you from all unrighteousness and impurity. What's unrighteousness and impurity? Go look in 1 John. It'll tell you. That you may be forgiven all the transgressions which you have committed ignorantly. And may he strengthen you and bless you. And may you inherit the whole earth. And may he renew his covenant with you. That you may be to him a nation, for isn't his inheritance for all the ages, and that he may be to you and to your seed an Elohim in truth and righteousness throughout all the days of the earth. Again, this is about end times. So, we're going to be walking in truth and righteousness all the days of the earth once this happens. This just, it's exciting. I'm not going to lie. I used to go by whatever my pastor told me, or ex-pastor, told me and believed him because I didn't know about the dispensational lies. I didn't dig into the word like I was supposed to. Well, look here. I'm digging into it, and I'm getting pure joy out of this. This is awesome. This is awesome because I always felt like something was off in the church. Well, now I'm seeing why. And these books like Enoch and Jubilees tie into scripture perfectly. Perfectly. So let's go to Enoch. Enoch 39. Verses 4 through 6. There I saw another vision. I saw the habitations and resting places of the righteous ones. Or Kodashim. There my eyes beheld their habitations with the angels and their resting places with the holy ones. They were entreating, supplicating, and praying for the sons of men, while righteousness like water flowed before them, and mercy like dew over the earth, and thus with them forever and ever. At that time my eyes beheld the dwelling of the elect of truth, faith, and righteousness. Countless shall be the number of holy in the elect, the presence of Elohim, forever and ever so they were dwelling in truth faith and righteousness the dwelling of the elect of truth faith and righteousness wow so the elect are supposed to be walking in the truth well according to our truth verses up uh, uh, earlier that means they were walking in the Torah why doesn't the church want to teach that? Maybe because the church is teaching lawlessness? I mean, look at Ezekiel 22. It tells you exactly about these preachers and pastors and ministries nowadays. It should make you sick to your stomach. Yahusha even talked about, about it. I mean, Matthew, 20, Matthew 7, 22. Let's, I mean... Let's, let's get to, to this. This should blow your mind. It should make you want to look for a Bible that preaches, that teaches the truth. And here's something I'm going to say about the Bible right now. There are thousands, of, I mean probably thousands of translations. All of them, just about, you need to make sure you have 
something to verify the Greek and Hebrew, like a Strong's Concordance or a Thayer's Concordance. I mean, you have to sit there and verify because I'm going to read Acts 27, 20, verse 7 out of the Sefer. And it's going to blow your mind. It's going to either tick you off or you're going to call me a liar. But if you go to the Greek, it says Sabaton. So it was telling us point blank that he, they weren't doing what, I mean, they said they were meeting on the Sabbath. The Sabbath. They were meeting on the Sabbath until midnight. And a dude fell out the window. I'm going to read this verse to you. Because this is about the truth, right? And the Ruach just, when he says, show you a verse, show you a verse. We'll also go to Matthew 1, because I'm going to show you something else. 20 verse 7, because the word Sabbaton is in the Greek, okay? So, and upon the first Sabbath, when the Talmudim disciples came together to break bread, Paul, Paul, preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Right there. They were meeting on the Sabbath. They weren't meeting on Sunday. Sabbath has always been described as Sabbath, the seventh day. We call it Saturday, which is the pagan Saturn's day. But I digress. But Matthew 1, 1. So it says in Matthew that there should be fourteen gener three sets of 14 generations. You go into Matthew 1. The last set of 14, if you count it the way it's written in every other Bible, you only get 13 generations, which would make Yahusha, not the Messiah. But in here, they corrected this. So, and here it is. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from David until the carrying away of Babel are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babel until Mashiach, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Yahusha, are 14 generations. So, and this is verse 16 of chapter 1. And Yaakov, or Jacob, begot Yosef, Joseph, the father of Miriam, or Mary, of whom was born Yahusha, who is called Mashiach. I mean, when I went, and I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to burst some bubbles here. But the scriptures were originally written in Hebrew, the first four Gospels. So if you can find the, and I will put a link to a site that I found. I mean, they aren't perfectly translated, but they are done with integrity. But here, all this to get to this ver these verses from Enoch, chapter 104, verses 9 through 11. They shall neither change or diminish them, but shall write them all correctly, all which from the first I have uttered concerning them. Another mystery also to point out to the righteous and the wise shall be given Sephirim, Bibles, of joy, of integrity, and of great wisdom. To them shall Sephirim be given, in which they shall believe, in which they shall rejoice, and all the righteous shall be rewarded 
who from these shall acquire knowledge of every upright path. In those days, says Eowah, they shall call to the children of the earth, and make them listen to their wisdom, show them that you are their leaders. I think I missed a verse on that. So I'm gonna I think I need to go back to verse eight. Enoch one oh four eight. Yes, one oh four eight. They shall speak evil things, they shall utter falsehood and create a great creation and compose Sephirim in their own words, but they shall write all my words correctly in their own languages. Have, didn't I just prove that? <laughs> I mean, you need to go seriously invest, invest, invest. Make sure that you are reading the truth. So let's get to Joshua. We're back in your your regular canon. So you can pull pull your fingers out your ears if you've had them in there since I was reading out of Enoch and Jubilees. Joshua 24:14. Now therefore fear Yahuwah and serve him in sincerity and in truth. So you're supposed to serve him in truth. I thought truth was just a belief system. But no, you're supposed to serve him. That means you have to do something. Hmm. And put away the Elohim which your father served on the other side of the flood in Mitzrayim and serve ye Yahuwah. So you're supposed to serve him in sincerity and in truth. How do you serve in truth? Oh, oh, I said it right there. Put away all your false gods. Huh. Well, if it's someone telling you not to uh, obey the Bible, I'd be a false god. Put them away. If it seems evil unto you to serve Yahuwah, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the Elohai gods, which your father served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the Elohim of the Emorim, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahuwah. So Joshua laid down the law. He Chuck Norris them before Chuck Norris was born. I mean, are y'all seeing this? We're supposed to be walking in sincerity and in truth. We have already established that Yahusha was the truth, that the truth is the Torah, that makes him the walking, talking Torah. He is the way. What else is there to discuss? But, you know, we're going to go through the whole word. The whole word. Like I said, this is going to be multiple sections on this study. 1 Samuel 12:22 For Yahuwah will not forsake his people for his great name's sake because it has pleased Yahuwah to make you his people. It pleases him to make us his people. And it pleased him to make them his people. Moreover, as for me, far be it that I should sin against Yahuwah in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. The right way? Hmm. That'd be the truth, the Torah. Only fear Yahuwah and serve him in truth. Again, you're told to do something with all your heart. And serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he has done for you. I mean, let's look at 
first Samuel from Exodus to first Samuel he did some pretty awesome stuff for these people just look through the judges look at what Joshua was able to accomplish Moses but again serve serve him in truth this is it's something we do it's also something we're in we'll get to that later first Kings seventeen seventeen, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman is talking about Elijah of the when he was in the lady's house the uh, widow's house with her son and the son had died the mistress of the house fell sick and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him and she said to Elihu what have I to do with you O man of Elohim are you come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son and he said unto her give me your son and he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto El Yahuwah, and said, O Yahuwah Elohai, have you also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times, and cried unto El Yahuwah, and said, Yahuwah Elohai, I pray you, let this child's soul come unto him again. And Yahuwah heard the voice of Elihu, and the soul of the child came to him again, and he revived. And Elihu took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elihu said, See, your son lives. And here's the verse, that's the kicker right here, 1724. And the woman said to Elihu, Now by this I know that you are a man of Elohim, and that the word of Yahuwah is in your mouth is truth so he was doing the truth and he was speaking the truth that's why he was able to do this because Yahuwah is not gonna sit there and just try not to step on too many toes with this but if you're not obeying your prayers ain't gonna get answered now, Satan might answer him, which, if you read Thessalonians 2, he gives signs and wonders that look like Yahuwah's. He, oh, he tricks you into thinking he's an angel of light. Come on, people. But I digress. Now, 2 Kings 20, starting in verse 1, this is talking about Hezekiah. In those days was Hezekiah, Yezekiahu, Sickened to death, and the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah, son of Amots, came to him and said unto him, Thus is Yahuwah, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto El Yahuwah, saying, I beseech you, O Yahuwah, remember now how I have walked before you in truth. Oh, he was walking in something, he was doing something, and with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in your sight. Yezekiah wept sore and it came to pass afore Yeshayahu was gone into the middle court that the word of Yahuwah came to him saying turn again and tell Yezekiah the captain of my people thus says Yahuwah the Elohai of David your father I have heard your prayer I have seen your tears behold I will heal you on the third day and you shall go into the house of Yahuwah 
So right there, he was doing something. He was doing righteousness. What's righteousness? Walking in the Torah. Obeying. This is it's repetitive, people. It's repetitive. But we'll beat this horse, and we'll beat this horse. So, like I said, this is going to be multiple sections. I'm trying to keep it 30 minutes or less. We probably went over tonight. 32 minutes. But... We need to define these biblical words, let the Bible define itself, quit making things up, start reading our Bible. That's, that's the big one right there. Actually read the Bible for yourself and don't let men and theology teach you something that's not scriptural. If it doesn't line up with scripture, toss it out your mind. Like this whole wall of separation the church has created again between Jews and Gentiles. Toss it out of your mind. The Gentiles, there's not a Gentile church. I mean, there is. Y'all see it. But the Gentile church does not get in. That's scripture. There's 12 gates on the New Jerusalem. They have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Read the end of Revelation. It'll tell you. The last three chapters of Revelation. It'll blow your mind. But, and it will also tell you those who walked in the laws of God or the Torah of God and believed on Yeshua or Yahusha. That's who get in. Not my words. Y'all's words. Not mine. I'm just telling you what it says in the book. I want you to get up, pick your book up, get the dust off of it. Pull the cobwebs off of it. Read it. Study it. Get a concordance. Make sure it's saying what it's supposed to say and that the translator didn't twist something like putting the Trinity in when it says God is one. I don't want you to be deceived. We've all been deceived for far too long. That's why we have to do things like establish what truth is and how to walk in truth. So like I said, this is going to be a multiple part series. I hope you all enjoyed it tonight. Let's grow together and remember to pick up your Bible and read it.